Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences and inspiration. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and find out how other people have not only survived but thrived through this time. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Jackie Oliver. Jackie is the founder of the Psychosexual Alignment Method and creator of the Inner Vaginal Flush Technique, as well as being a published author who renews relationships by solving mental, emotional and sexual issues issues, for men, women, couples. Her unique views on sexual function, human psychology and emotions are heralded as having the potential to change the universal perspective on health and relationships. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you, Karen. Did that kind of sum it up, what we're going to talk about? Well, (laughs) yeah, I did. Very well. First of all, give me a little bit of background on yourself Uh, and, and also... Can you just tell me exactly what, when you finish, no, just tell me exactly what psychosexual alignment is, please. That's a good place to start. All right. So psychosexual alignment is aligning your body's mental, emotional, and sexual processes so you can connect with confidence. And the reason why we need this is because when we... We have mental contamination going on. Every woman knows this. We're constantly split. Our attention is split. And if we're not aligned mentally, then we won't be able to orgasm, as an example, because our brain doesn't know what we want. We haven't given any clear instruction. On the emotional side of things, we don't have a sex education relevant to actually engaging sexually with another person. So there's a lot of confusion and guesswork involved, which leads to a huge amount of anxiety. And if you're focused on anxious thoughts and will it it work, won't it work, Uh, is my partner going to last long enough, am I going to reach an orgasm, you're going to trigger stress hormones. And from your brain's perspective, it prioritizes stress and survival issues over everything else. And so you'll be overrun with... Uh, cortisol and adrenaline and and that makes you feel more anxious because your body goes on high alert so then you're not actually focused in such a way that your brain knows that you want the sexual programs activated hence you also need to understand how to drive your body sexually so it has the mental component the emotional component and the physical component and when you align all three of them with the right information and techniques, you can have a superbly fantastic, enjoyable sex life, regardless of your age. It's really interesting as you stay in that because it's something that I've never even considered before, apart from, you know, I'm having sex and I start sort of going off and going, oh, I hope one of the kids doesn't come in or what is it I've got to do next? And then I have to bring my focus back on what I'm doing, you know. But this isn't something that... I've even considered talking about it at school because, or in, in any kind of education class. It's, it's not something that I'd even consider talking about. And that's really interesting in and of itself that we consider sex education to be 
the actual, this is what happens and this is how you get pregnant. That's it. That's basically sex education. <laughs> yes. Not the actual. This is how you keep your long-term relationship happy and healthy for the years to come. If parents were looking at it from this perspective, they're like, oh my gosh, of course they obviously need this. It's an absolute no-brainer. But we don't have this sort of insightful knowledge. And so there's a lot of, as I mentioned, confusion and guesswork involved. So what do teens do? They actually become more promiscuous because they're trying to figure things out. And they want to know that they've got it right at the time they meet someone they really love, they really care for, and they want to be in a long-term relationship with. They want to know that they're going to succeed, especially young men. Absolutely, especially because a male will take on that caring role, that dominant role, that, that natural leader role. You can't change thousands of years of evolution. That's the male focus. And if he can't last long enough, and it's uh, most people think that premature ejaculation, you know, kind of goes hand in hand. Well, it actually kind of does through masturbation with boys. So they train themselves to ejaculate early because masturbation is something that they shouldn't be doing or they feel ashamed about. And so they try to release pressure just as fast as possible. But they unwittingly train their body to fast release full stop from now on. And so they get into a long-term relationship if they can, because as soon as they have sex with their partner, their partner's like, oh my gosh, what? I, what what's going on here? Are you just thinking about yourself? You seem to be being completely selfish here. Why are you ejaculating so soon? And yet from the male perspective, he's horrified that that happens. And just to give an illustration of the age group, so I'll give you two illustrations, one with premature ejaculation. I had an 18-year-old who came to me some years ago, and he had a premature ejaculation problem. And he had actually asked his father, he says, Dad, this is really embarrassing. I've got this problem. Uh, it's called premature ejaculation. I ejaculate too early. What can I do about it? And you know what his father said? He said, oh, son, I'm so sorry. You probably got it from me. I've had it my entire life. There's nothing you can do about it. So luckily the son didn't listen to his father, contacted me. I saw, gave him the right knowledge and the technique that he required so that he could not just last longer, but truly be able to enjoy sex as an adult and have a mutually satisfying sex life with a partner instead of a long-term anxiety problem. And then he went back to his father and he said, oh, <laughs> here's Jackie's dummy. You need to get yourself sorted, Dad, really. So that was one example. Now, another 18-year-old was referred to me by a counsellor so he had had a lot of issues through school from uh, marijuana use to drinking to uh, just feeling out of sorts. So his parents had put him in therapy after the marijuana and they had said to him, well, don't have, you know, you, you just can't have this anymore. And so he said, well, you're taking away from me the only thing that makes me feel like I want to live. And his parents were completely horrified. But they also didn't know that 
their 18-year-old son had a weak erection problem. It's known as erectile dysfunction by the medical world. They'll tell you that there's a blood flow problem. Yes, there's a blood flow problem. If your mental and emotional aspects aren't aligned when it comes to sex, you're going to have a blood flow problem because your brain doesn't know what you want. So he had this weak erection problem. He was only 18. He was completely freaked out. He would drown himself in the alcohol and drugs as a part of it. So all of these things are part and parcel. If you have a team that has suddenly completely gone off the rails, yes, it might be alcohol. Yes, it might be drugs. But before that, it can be a sexual function issue, which is leading to a huge amount of anxiety and stress. So I helped this young guy solve the erectile dysfunction problem. We addressed the anxiety and stress so that whenever he was feeling stressed, he would apply the emotional reset technique. Through that, within a week, he said, Jackie, I was at this party. I didn't want any alcohol. I didn't want any drugs. He had actually stopped, used it to stop smoking, but went to the party, didn't want any alcohol, didn't want any drugs. He was just happy being himself. So if you look at so many problems in society that lead to depression, that lead to addictions, that lead to drug and alcohol abuse, 80% of people of all ages suffer from sexual function problems because they don't know what to focus on. And for a male, it's like walking a tightrope. As a female, we just get to lie back and enjoy ourselves or sit on top or do whatever we're doing, but our primary focus to reach orgasm is to enjoy ourselves. Now, for a male, he's got to write this, walk this tightrope. He's got to stay hard for the whole duration it takes for a woman to decide she's had enough foreplay, then when she says, okay, I've had enough, you know, put it in or I want you inside me, he needs to be ready at that moment to be able to penetrate without any problems, still stay hard and in control and be able to reach that desired amount of intercourse time. When a woman has, feels like she's had enough and she's done, she's like, okay, you can come now. And then, of course, she's wanting him to literally come now. Now, when he understands how to balance his sexual focus between himself, his partner, and the actions of sex, he's like, sure, honey, and boom, it'll happen within a minute. But if he's too focused on her, he can keep going and going and going and going. And this often happens, ED, that weak erection problem, happens a lot with very caring men because they put their partner absolute forefront and so it may start during foreplay. He puts all of his attention on his partner. What's going to happen? His brain isn't going to receive enough arousing signals for him to keep the hard erection. So he starts going soft. What does she think? He doesn't love me. He's not attracted to me anymore. What if he's having an affair? And he's like, I'm doing absolutely everything that I can to please her. Why am I losing my heart? What am I doing wrong? And because he doesn't have any knowledge to reference the problem against, he's got no idea what he is doing wrong now. He's got no idea what he was doing right before. And so he can have this ongoing problem for 50 years or more. 
I once had a client who booked in with me. He was 72 years old, had a lifelong premature ejaculation problem and had been losing erection hardness for the past five years as well. And I sorted him out, <laughs> phoned me a week later, I'm sorted, Jackie. I, no problems at all. And, and my wife is now enjoying sex and they were in their 70s. And he says, gosh, I wish I'd talked to you 50 years ago. At that point in time, I was like, wouldn't have been a chance of that. <laughs> but this is how long these problems last. And as myself, I was unable to reach an orgasm. Like there's around about 20% of women who are unable to reach an orgasm at all. Doesn't matter what's done to them, it just doesn't happen. And I was in that category. So I, were, I got to the point where I was completely against sex because there was nothing in it for me other than uh, remorse and regret and, and pushing down on myself that I couldn't be normal. And after a period of time, that really plays on a person's self-confidence and self-esteem. And this is another thing that pushes people towards alcohol, drugs, depression. So there are all of these variables that can come into play here and they generally affect a person's desire for sex over a period of time. Now, if a woman is in a relationship with a partner that may have a a premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction problem, that's going to make it, I was going to say harder, for her to reach an orgasm. There are a lot of puns in my work, honestly. I like, I like to make it easier for people and that it is normal and these problems are normal because we don't have a sex education relevant to being in a long-term relationship with another person. So we have all of these challenges. Now, if she also has problems reaching an orgasm, then she's perhaps going to reach motherhood and have the perfect reason not to have sex. Because you know, yes, there's a huge amount of energy and effort involved in being a mother. So obviously, there's going to be less energy for sex anyway. But a person can really use that reason to not engage. Now, the male understands this perspective. However, he's starting to feel a little bit like a fish without water because he's not getting his oxytocin fix. See, a woman has 80% more oxytocin, higher oxytocin levels than a man. We can just hug, hold hands and just totally get off on that. But a male doesn't have that naturally high level. He gets that boost of oxytocin through orgasm, through intimacy with his partner. Now, if she's expecting a dissatisfying experience sexually, she's not going to want to have sex. She's not going to want to even kiss and cuddle because for most men, a kiss and a cuddle, even the word connection means sex. It means coming together. It means building that emotional connection through intimacy. But the more problems there are, the more variables there are that are contributing, the less a partner wants to have sex. And it can simply be no sexual function problems at all, but a partner's had a porn sex education. 
hard and fast, constant change of position. There is no time to get in the zone. Remember that the female hasn't had a sex education relevant to engaging sexually. So her mind is all over the place to start with. She may be feeling a little bit disconnected because she thinks he's going to, uh, she thinks he's thinking about his porn technique. So she's feeling emotionally disconnected as well. So she's just not there at all. And because she's not there at all, she doesn't know how to engage the orgasm program in her brain. Every person has an orgasm program, but we distract ourselves from it. So once you understand how to balance your sexual focus between yourself, your partner, and the actions of sex, so the actions generate awareness of sensations, and you need to balance your focus between your awareness of the sensations and the actions. You, know, you can't focus on both at the same time because that's like texting and driving. Hey? <laughs> Go off the road. You just lose control because your brain cannot focus on two things simultaneously, two conscious tasks simultaneously. You switch between the two. Now, if you have no confidence in what you're supposed to be switching between or, or if this happens, what to switch your focus to, what's going to happen? You're going to trigger the stress response in your brain. So the emotion, the mental is going to go out of alignment, which is going to distract the sexual programs in your brain. So the physical side of things. So really, it's all about balancing our focus between ourselves, our partner and the actions of sex. And when you do that correctly, Sex becomes like a dance, where in a very beautiful and amazing dance where you're just feeling more and more connected and your partner is leading you around the dance floor. So leading you and, and bringing you into this more delicious awareness of sensation or this more amazing feeling of connection. Because when you deal with the distractions, they don't contaminate your focus anymore. And so you're able to reach that deeper level of connection. It comes to the point where menopause doesn't become men on pause. It just becomes, oh, you know, a shift going on within the body, but still wanting, oh gosh, here we go again, still wanting to come together to actually unite as a couple in a sexual way because you know how to deal with the inner vaginal dryness that comes with. <laughs> I can't find another way of saying that instead of that comes with. So that just comes with the, the state of perimenopause and that part of a woman's life. It's, it's interesting that you're saying all that because the oxytocin thing, the, the male levels of oxytocin, if I'd known that, 25 years ago that would have made a massive difference for me I mean <laughs> John had his moments of becoming I'd be cooking in the kitchen or doing something like focusing we got four kids like meal time is a major preparation thing and John had come up behind me and he'd be grabbing me and just like get off just get right right now is not the best time darling but I couldn't understand when we had physical contact, but he needed sex so much more than I did. I just couldn't understand that at all. But that makes sense. And I think that knowing that about the oxytocin would have made a big difference for me personally. Um, 
Whether I would have used it to make myself wrong, probably, but at least I would have understood a little bit more and it would have made, yeah, it would have made his actions, it would have given more explanation for his actions. Yes, and it actually gets really difficult for a male when his partner starts going through perimenopause like that's really going to happen round about mid-30s, mid to late 30s, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. But it can last up to 10 years. And one of the common symptoms with that is inner vaginal dryness. Now, this is the type of dryness that it just it doesn't sound like much at all. But from the female perspective, it feels like your insides are being rubbed with very coarse sandpaper. And when it happened to me, it was just like, oh, I wanted to run for the hills. I was like, ah, ah, no, wait, no, no, you're not going anywhere near there. Just not going to happen. And I was like, well, gosh, I had spent so many years feeling devastated that I couldn't orgasm, that I couldn't feel fulfilled as a human being. It's like, I'm not going to let that keep me down. I'm going to figure out what's causing, not even what's causing that. Don't need to know what's causing that. I want the solution. And so I applied a healthy dose of logic, which I do with all of my work, but also the advanced knowledge that I had uh, came to over the years <laughs> and uh, developed the intervaginal flush technique. Now, this is very similar to the flush mechanism on the toilet. You push the button and it flushes the all of the internal walls. But instead of pushing a button, it's a muscular action. It's a pushing down action with your vagina. As though, if you want to try it now, it's as though you're blowing a bubble with your vagina. Like, now you can have fun with this. You can imagine that you are blowing a kiss to your partner with your vagina. Yeah. If you want to understand the full technical aspect of this it's the same action as giving birth it's the same action as ejecting a tampon and actually the more you practice this technique you can actually eject a tampon just for the fun of it right because your muscles will get strong and of course the increase in blood flow is also going to help you more easily turn yourself on as well because what, what happens also after, over a period of time, for whatever reason you've lost interest in sex, because we don't have the high levels of testosterone that a male has, which is also like he has about 80% more, so he's constantly thinking about sex all day, every day. I, there is very rarely a day goes by that a male will not think about sex at least once, maybe 10 times. So he doesn't lose that. However... Us females, for all of the reasons, can lose our desire for sex, but we don't have that natural switch back on. So, and this is one of the other reasons why women can lose interest in sex after having children, because all of their focus has become completely centered on the children. The children are just dominating her focus. So if she doesn't have any sexual thoughts, or if she's not dressing sexily anymore, because it's just easier not to put that effort in, then she's not going to be giving her brain any arousing signals. Her libido is not just going to magically switch back on by itself. It doesn't work that way. Our brain doesn't work that way. We need to adjust our focus. So we can do this by 
wearing sexy lingerie, wearing clothes that look nice on us and make us feel attractive. The, the big thing for women, if we're not feeling attractive, do we want to have sex? No. So what's really interesting is that understanding men are always turned on for sex, ready to go. Now, if he has a partner who loses interest in sex for a period of time and then suddenly switches back on, suddenly decides, actually, I'm one half of a partnership here. My partner didn't sign up for a celibate relationship. I've got to do something about it. You've also got to understand, well, if he hasn't been having regular sex, that in itself can cause some performance anxiety. So he may initially have some early ejaculation or weak erection problems. Now, this comes back to the fact that there is no sex education relevant to being an adult. So when they have a problem, they don't know what they're doing wrong, what they're doing differently. They're just trying to pick up on what they thought they were doing before. But if they get the balance out of sync, the wrong balance between themselves, their partner and the actions of sex, they can have a lifelong problem from that moment. Or worse, they can catapult from one end of the arousal scale to the other and cause both problems because they don't know what's the ideal balance of focusing on my partner or focusing on myself. So here's a tip for if you do have a libido problem from your partner's perspective, you might not think you have a libido problem, but if you're not having sex, you have a relationship problem in the making. And your partner won't be anywhere near as close to you as you want him to be because you're holding him out here because he's not having the oxytocin to help him meet you there. So a relationship is about meeting each other halfway. If you don't want to have sex, you want to look at the reasons why you don't want to have sex. Are you arguing? Are you focused on the not-so-pleasing attributes of your partner? That's a good one. That always works. <laughs> you just got to look at aligning your focus. You've got your mental alignment, your emotional alignment. What goes on mentally throws everything else out. If we're in, we're in our head, we're dead. If we are stay in our head when we've had an argument, our relationship can be dead because it will just ruminate about everything connected over the entire duration of the time that we have been with that partner. And that's going to kill our libido. So... To consciously switch your libido back on, I want you to imagine that you're making a fist with your, with your vagina. Right? So you make a fist. Right? So you contract those muscles, the pelvic floor muscles, as though you're making a fist. Now relax. Now start doing it fast. Flex, relax, flex, relax, flex, relax, flex, relax, flex, relax. Now just sit with that. Feel the blood flow go. Big surge into there. Now if you start... Dressing up yourself. So you dress up yourself. You make your hair nice. You do your makeup. You do all of these things for you because it makes you feel good as a person. Of course, it's going to have a follow-on effect for your relationship. If you think about when we get into a relationship, we present the absolute perfect side of ourselves. And guess what? That's what the other person thinks they're getting into a relationship with. And then there's only a you know, like certain amount of time, usually we're well and truly after two years completely given up on it, 
Oh, right. That's the honeymoon period. The honeymoon period is us keeping up our A-game. For that period of time where we focus on the best in our partner, we focus on being our best. We don't dress like a slob. We're not a slob around the house. We clean up after ourselves. We're, we're caring. We're loving. We're agreeable. That's what keeps a relationship happy and alive and thriving. If we start noticing those annoyances, the more we notice it, the bigger it gets and the bigger it gets and the bigger it gets and boom, there goes our libido, gone. And we don't have that testosterone to switch it back on. In the meantime, the male is just like, mm, yeah, okay, so she's had the kids. They're teenagers now. Yes, there's a lot of work in furring them around. Oh, really, menopause? Ah, uh, wonder how long menopause lasts for. Oh, well, that's usually about 10 years, up to about 10 years. And then if she's got the inner vaginal dryness as well, which the medical will tell you, well, you've got to keep doing HRT, you've got to do the therapies, you've got to put this inside there. But you don't. You just need to consciously align the mental, the emotional, and the sexual, the mental, the emotional, which controls the physical and from there with the right actions with the right techniques the right knowledge you can just tweak your focus so you're balancing it between yourself and the actions required to keep yourself turned on the actions required that will lead you to an orgasm without any problems quite easily because you're able to focus from the male perspective it's the actions which enable him to stay hard and in control. The actions which help him to feel aligned and with raised levels of oxytocin because when there aren't any sexual function problems, it takes away the impediments to connecting on that deeper level. You actually want to connect because you know how important it is to sustain your relationship. The, I hear of so from so many men who are just don't know what to do with themselves because their partner has reached a certain age and just doesn't want to have sex anymore and seems happy about it. And then the female will contact me. It's like, well, I don't have any problems. I feel free. I feel so liberated. It's like, yes, but you married. And in the choice of taking a partner as your husband you made a commitment to the relationship this sex aspect this is what he needs and it's not about getting his rocks off it's about helping him build that deeper level of connection within himself so he feels aligned as a man so that he can then put his focus and his energy on pleasing his woman but if he's not getting that sexual fulfillment, he doesn't have that drive to engage on an emotional level with his partner, to really deepen that connection. He just doesn't have the motivation. It's just not there because he's feeling the stress hormones. When cortisol is high, oxytocin's low. More stress, less oxytocin, less feelings of connection less dopamine, less desire to connect. Our bodies have the greatest chemical lab on the planet. We can create 
all of these hormones and yet our brain is going to focus on production of stress hormones first because they're necessary for our survival, then sex hormones, then happy hormones. If we're constantly triggering ourselves, all that production goes into stress hormones. And that's worse when a woman reaches perimenopause because her ovaries start shutting down and her adrenals take over production of the sex hormones. But the adrenals are going to prioritize stress hormones first. And we just go into overproduction, mass overproduction. We are legendary at generating stress hormones. We are just so, so good at it. We exhaust ourselves, quite literally. And that's when nutrition comes into play. Because if we're not feeding our body lots of uh, vegetables and, and fruits and healthy fats and healthy proteins, then what is our body going to use to build those hormones? And drinking lots of water, one and a half to two liters of water a day, all of these things, they are such basic requirements of what our brain and our body needs to operate. But we make it worse because we're not in psychosexual alignment. We're out mentally like quite quite literally completely out of the picture sexually sometimes, we're just not there. And a partner can always feel, male or female, a partner will always know if we're not connected, if we're not present in that moment. And if we have a sexual function issue, we're not present. We're worrying or we're wondering. Is it? Is it? Is this an orgasm? <gasps> this might be an orgasm. Yeah, you'd think you're focused on the sexual act, but you're not. You're going off into your head. You've just completely turned off the orgasm program, even if you're like that close to being there. But once you know how to align your sexual focus, you can recognize these steps. And it becomes a game and a dance and it's fun instead of, oh God, do we really have to do this again? Okay. You know? We just want to move past that because sex is meant to be fun. And I can tell you from going from being completely unable to orgasm to be able to orgasm completely on command, be in complete charge of your body, that's one of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself so that you can be fully present with a partner and then you can give yourself to your partner. Before then, you're really only touching on the depth of connection that you can experience. So tell me, because we're going to have to wrap it up now, which is a shame because I've still got lots of things to ask. Tell me how people can get in touch with you and what you can provide for people as well, apart from the counselling, because I know you've got other things, which is why I asked that question. All right. So I have six mastery programs for men and women. But a great way to get started is to go to my website, endtheproblem.com forward slash more for a report on uh, that just gives you some insights on what's really going on with these functional problems and how you can be best address it. And there are links to the website from there. The other is my seven day reawakening to pleasure protocol. So this is for women. 
It's the seven days where you're going to completely switch your libido and your desire for sex back on really easily and in a very fun way without even touching yourself for, well, not touching down there for seven days. But I'll tell you, at the end of the seven days, you'll be absolutely itching to do that. But anyway, so this is, this is endtheproblem.com forward slash pleasure. And that's how you, that's the best way to get started through the website. You can also, uh, arrange a complimentary 20 minutes strategy session. So we discuss your best way forward. But honestly, I have absolute total confidence that my unique insights and knowledge will set you up sexually for life. And if you've got a teenager that you want, who you want to succeed in life and you want them to be happy, then you need these programs. All of this information is on the web page as well. So if you didn't catch it, it'll be on the bottom of the video or if you listen on audio, it'll be on the web page and you can connect with Jackie through there. Thank you so much. That was really intense and eye-opening and we didn't even cover how you got to do what you're doing. <laughs> too many yeah, I kind of realised that right at the on. end, yeah. <laughs> Well, what's really what's really interesting is that as a parent, unless you can explain to your child how to go right through the programs for sex. So for a woman, for a female, it's to get turned on, stay turned on, then reach an orgasm. For a male, it's to get hard, stay hard and in control and then ejaculate. Now, if you cannot explain step by step how to control their movement along the sexual arousal scale, then you're not the best educator for that because any information given in the wrong order can set, potentially set them up with a lifelong sexual function problem. And this is why it is just absolutely crucial to, uh, to get the right knowledge and understanding and to direct them to the programs where they will learn step by step where that education is complete. Take it as your role as a parent to educate them on, on ethics and morals and boundaries and to help them grow as an individual so that they can take a level of integrity and care into their relationships. That's absolutely parent material as a parent, and you're probably already doing that. You just wouldn't have realized because it's not something that has possibly been presented to you before that actually for them to succeed as an adult they need this advanced level of sex education and you can't really judge when it is to be given because some teens of the teens tend to be coming sexually active at an earlier age now so if they encounter problems the first time they have sex, and quite often when we encounter problems, it's the first time we have sex, and that's going to set up worry and concern and stress and that whole horrible cycle and treadmill to be on for life until they understand what they're doing wrong, how to resolve that anxiety in a moment's notice, and then what to how to correct their focus in the moment 
And that's where it gets a little bit tricky because depending on where they are and which program, whether they're getting turned on or staying turned on, the focus adjusts just a little bit, just slightly. Your actions need to change a little bit so that you're progressing along that arousal scale, especially for a male because God, I could just say it again. He's got it really hard. He really has it really hard. He really has to be vigilant about balancing his focus because he needs to stay hard and he needs to stay in control for penetrative sex. So for him, any sort of worry there is going to cause a problem. But if you know that when you, like, imagine if you gave your teen a key, a car, and a petrol voucher. Here you go, son. Now, the motorway's just down the road there. I want you to head straight to the motorway and, yeah, I'll oh, rush hours in half an hour. I want you to leave in half an hour's time and drive a car. Would that ever happen? No way. And yet that's what parents are doing to their children by relying on school sex education. Yes, it's going to keep them safe but it's not going to prepare them for life in the real world. Thank you so much, Jackie. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite player. And while you're at it, we'd love you to leave us a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode. And remember, if you're busy thinking about what you can't have, how on earth are you going to enjoy what you can have? See you next week.